What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host for today, Simon Villanos, aka Coach V, and this is episode 241, recorded on March 11th, 2023. And this is the week four NAI women's flag football recap here. Uh, very short week. A lot of teams are on uh, buys, breaks, what have you. You know, I know those trials are going on for Team USA down in, I think it's North Carolina right now. So obviously always wishing the best of luck to all those great athletes out there. So only four games this week, a very short week, regardless, still wanted to cover it because next week, uh, week five is going to be really busy and I don't want to put all this into one episode. And so let's go ahead and hop into it here. Actually, before I start, uh, happy late International Women's Day. Obviously, very thankful for all the women out there. And um, look, it's an absolute honor to be able to cover women's flag football like this. Uh, A lot of these athletes are doing great things, and they're the pioneers moving forward and the future of this sport. So there you go. But let's go ahead and talk about the first game here, Bethel College versus Kansas Wesleyan. First game for Bethel here of the season going to Salina, Kansas to go ahead and take care of business. And then you got Kansas Wesleyan coming off of a successful road trip here where they collected a couple dubs after losing their first game of the season to Ottawa. And so here we go. Kansas Wesleyan, they go ahead and start on offense here. Uh, And they get a pretty big play here from Brianna Hernandez-Silva. She takes off for a pretty long scramble uh, for about 20 yards or so after they cross midfield. And that would put them at the one. Not quite able to score there, but it doesn't matter as she would go ahead and run an RPO and find the freshman Angel Almarez in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. Then find Kieran DeCure short on the hitch route for the conversion to go up a quick 17. To zero early on in this game. Now for Bethel, here's how it looks. Kyla Rome out of Georgia is in at quarterback. She got most of the snaps here, and she starts out with a nice out route though to another fellow uh, teammate here, Summer Von Fisher, who hauls in kind of a tough catch that goes for about five or six yards and the first down. But Kansas Wesleyan to Anthony Rabano uh, had a big time sack, forcing a second down. Following that, they did have a dropped pass on third down. And then another Rabano sack forces a quick three and out for this Bethel College team. And so Kansas Wesleyan would get the ball for the second time today. This time near midfield. There's about 5 minutes, 30 seconds. And here's what happens. Brianna Hernandez-Silva drops back and then decides to take it for herself. Dances around. Makes a couple people miss. A couple Bethel defenders miss. And rips off another big time, almost 50-yard touchdown to the house. Uh, Didn't quite wasn't quite able to score was stopped just a little bit short but it was a huge 50 yard play by brianna hernandez silva to get kansas wesley and set up in the red zone basically inside the 10 or 5 on this and here's what happens uh kansas wesley would get it done and punch it in making it 13 to 0 after brianna hernandez silva fakes the throw pumps the ball before finding kieran decure uh on a nice little freelance play 
making it 13 to 0. They would also get the extra point, making it 14 to 0 with about 5 minutes 18 seconds left in this game. Now, Bethel, they get the ball back already down two scores, trying to get something going. After an incompletion on first down, on second down, uh, Alexis Jimenez uh, on the blitz goes ahead and sacks Kylo Rome on third sack of the game so far. Just not quite able to get it out in time here. Kind of still adjusting to the game, which is understandable. Uh, but then on third down, Rome runs on a what looks like a quarterback designed run here. But Lexi Marquez comes up with a huge tackle at the line of scrimmage, forcing yet another three and out. As Kansas Wesley in defense is flying to the ball and kind of rattling them here, not giving them a whole bunch of time to get anything going. And so here we go once again, 325, just before midfield once more. Here is what happens. Brianna Hernandez Silva this time sticks in the pocket, throws a strike over the middle to Angel Mares, who makes a tough contested catch. Pretty good defense by Bethel, but just a better catch by Amares here, who goes ahead and puts Kansas Wesleyan in the red zone with a first down, just like that. After a little check down play to Kendra Velasquez Monroe here, uh, Brianna Hernandez Silva then pitches it to Angel Rome, but her flag is pretty much immediately pulled on this power option here, and that forces a third down. But no worries, Brianna Hernandez Silva, patient in the pocket here on this third down play, goes ahead and puts this one on a rope on the drag route to Angel Roman, making it a 20-0 lead. Great throw by Hernandez Silva here, as the defender was diving for it, and looked like to be just slightly off but just a great throw by her and a great catch by angel roman as well uh conversion was no good though as it was kind of deflected and then picked off but they still have the 20 to 0 lead now we go ahead and we have Bethel. They're trying to find something going here. Kylo Rome goes ahead and runs around before finding Victoria Esquivel, who gets them the first down right as the quarter ends here. So here in the second quarter, still trying to get some momentum going here. Uh, Rome is forced to dump it off to Summer Von Fisher after feeling some pressure, but she is stopped for a one-yard loss, basically, by Lexi Marquez. Now they do get an out route here uh, that goes for about four yards. Couldn't find the player. I know it is number 10, so I'll just shout her out right there. But here on third down, Kyla Rome forced to dance around, buying herself some time. Finally makes a couple people miss and just goes straight up the middle for a solid gain of five yards, making it a fourth down and three situation here. And on fourth down and three, she does drop back. But once again, it is on stand. Robano coming up with a huge sack, forcing a turnover on downs once more. So that is definitely tough. But Kansas Wesleyan, they do have the football. They are looking to drive the nail in the coffin. And it gets started with a quick curl throw to Nikayla Howard, who gets them five or six yards. Following that, Brianna Hernandez-Silva takes off, splitting the defenders and making people miss before making the easy pitch to Kieran DeCure 
for the touchdown. This was a huge play here. Went for over 20 yards, I want to say here. And it looked like, uh, once again, she was going to get down in the red zone inside the five. But that pitch would go ahead and give them the chance to score once more. And basically put one away. Uh, good touchdown by Kieran DeCure here. And so... At this point, they're running away. It's 26-0, and there's only 8 minutes and 52 seconds left in the second quarter. They would actually make it 27-0. Sorry, because Nikayla Howard would bring in a nice little drag route catch. But 27-0. At this point, this game is over here. I stopped covering it because I have a little 27-point rule, 28-point rule. Uh, I guess four score rule in general if it ever gets to that I'm, I'm not taking down notes for a minute until they could start cutting to the lead and you know Bethel they just kind of struggled to do that uh this is kind of I mean it is a young you know team and it's a team that doesn't have the most experience either despite some players a lot of players getting recruited out of Georgia but most of them haven't played for more than three years I would think at this point and so just kind of a tough go for Bethel uh, at the end here I was able to catch as the live stream was just about to end Kansas Wesleyan was up 60 to 0 with two minutes left in the third when they decided to call it and so that's your final score Kansas Wesleyan with a big time dub a flawless win it feels like 60 to 0 over first year program Bethel um, let me just read off some stats here Brianna Hernandez Silva 15 of 18 143 passing yards four passing touchdowns 88 rushing yards on six carries and also added a rushing touchdown there Angel Roman led in uh, receiving touchdowns, had three catches for 33 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, and then, by the way, eight different players had receptions in this game. They got in a lot of players, which I'm always happy to see here. Uh, defensively, though, Lexi Marquez, two interceptions. Uh, Howard and Mansur added one as well, I believe. I believe they had two pick sixes. In that uh, second half here, Marquez and Mansur each had one. And then Alexis Jimenez led the Coyotes with five tackles and a sack. Rabano uh, also had three flag pulls, all four sacks. So there you go there. Uh, definitely a big-time contributor. Uh, player of the game for this one, I think it has to be Rabano and Hernandez Silva. Rabano, obviously, on defense, just didn't give them a lot of time to breathe. Uh, really applied that pressure, made them uncomfortable, and they weren't really able to recover from that moving forward. Just feeling that clock being sped up by her. And then you have Brianna Hernandez Silva coming off of a Playmaker of the Week uh, type of week last week. Putting in another big time performance this week. Love to see it. You know, played a near perfect game. I mean, she was unstoppable on these runs here. Just so fast and so quick. Was definitely an issue for this Bethel squad here. So, there you go. Another great win by Kansas Wesleyan to get it going here. Um, and then if you're Bethel, I mean, look. There were definitely some bright spots in this game. 
Obviously, allowing 60 points is not one. Granted, two of those did come on pick sixes. Two of those touchdowns did come on those pick sixes. And, you know, you're kind of still trying to figure out some things here. Altogether, not the worst. I mean, Kyla Rome, she, she's a solid quarterback. And uh, there were some solid weapons around her. It's going to be a matter of figuring things out. At this point, Kansas Wesleyan has almost two or three weeks of playing experience over Bethel. So it's just kind of a tough first game to hop into here, especially against a team as good and as deep as Kansas Wesleyan. So boom, there you go. That's how that game went. Now let's go ahead and move over across the state just a little bit here to Levensworth where we got Midland versus the University of St. Mary Midland undefeated on a little hot streak to start the season here on uh by the way all road games here beating reinhardt 26-0 beating campbellsville in tennessee 12-6 in double overtime then going to kentucky and beating campbellsville in their own house 14-6 also go ahead and play first year two-year program bryant and strana college who they took care of 33 to zero so a nice little hot streak to start the season here and then you have the university of saint mary this is actually their first game of the season uh a week or two behind some of the other teams here in the kcac almost three or four weeks behind teams in the sun conference but first game of the season home opener with a new head coach and a kind of a new looking team here lost their quarterback from last year also just noticed that they lost caroline simpson who was a big time playmaker for them from last year as well as ashland tuss uh so definitely kind of a new look team here and so let's go ahead and get it started saint mary's starting with the football the spire starting with the football and i noticed this as well they only had seven players dressed uh, for this game nobody was on the sideline uh, or on the bench here i guess that was dressed in a spires uniform and so these athletes stayed out there all game long because they had to and so with that being said sable barnes out of texas out of houston texas uh got the very quick start here at quarterback here just for a little bit uh she goes ahead and she runs it it looks like a quarterback design run but she is down for a loss it's second down following that uh on second down she drops back for a pass but gets sacked pretty quickly just like that it is third down and then on third down barnes she tries to hit the crossing route here um but the timing was just a little bit off and so that's incomplete that goes nowhere just like that the spires go three and out now midland uh gets a really nice return that puts them near the red zone not quite in it but maybe a couple yards outside of it uh to start this play but they would go ahead and get in it real quick as angel yuani at quarterback gets a nice gain of 10 or so yards and that first down putting them in the red zone following that yuani pitches it to jocelyn lopez who gets a nice gain of about five yards that basically puts them at the goal line on second down you tries to kind of loft one to the back of the end zone but it's pretty well covered and so this one's pretty easily deflected bringing up third down here 
on third down. Um, they, I don't know if there was a miscommunication or what, but the snap kind of just goes off the quarterback's hands here and falls to and falls to the ground. And of course, once the ball touches the ground, that is a dead ball, and so they lose a pretty good chunk of yards. And so here we go, fourth down. Uh, Yuani she drops back, throws it to the corner. But it looks like this pass uh, is dropped here, and so that's a, actually a turnover on downs with about seven minutes left in the first quarter. And so here we go. This time, Anaya Hooks is at quarterback. Barnes moves over to what looks like to be running back. She gets the handoff. It's about a gain of five or so yards. Then it's second down, but a penalty is thrown on the Spires for a false start. That moves them back here. They already did have a whole ton of room, so uh, not the best. It's about half the distance to the goal line uh, behind them. And so here we go, second down. Handoff once again to Barnes, but this time she is stopped pretty short by Casey Thompson, it looks like. That brings up third down, and on third down, Anaya Hooks at quarterback throws it to the flats. Uh, the receiver, I couldn't quite make it out who it was, but she catches it, goes ahead and gets them the first first down of the game for the Spires. That gives them a fresh set here. Um, then Hooks will go ahead and scramble, get a couple yards. Um, following that, under pressure, she kind of dumps it off to, I believe it's Cruz here, who gets a couple yards. That does bring up third down, uh, and they go ahead and direct snap it to Barnes, but she is basically stopped at the line of scrimmage, if not for a tackle for loss. Great defense by Midland. They force the Spires to punt as they get the ball with about 322 left here. Uh, no score, still tied, and they do take over midfield, but unfortunately... Midland continues to struggle as well. Uh, Yuani trying to go over the middle to, I think it's, El I I don't I actually don't know the receiver, but I do know Ellie Campbell for the Spires almost picks this one off uh, because it wasn't the greatest decision, but it is deflected, and so it's still incomplete. Second down, though, uh, Jocelyn Lopez on the pitch does get five. Third down, Yuani is under pressure. I think she has a player open here, but she just doesn't throw the greatest ball. And so just like that, Midland goes through and out. Like I said, still struggling here. Now, the Spires, they're trying to get something going here. It is first down, and I'm just going to throw in the Spires had like two false starts thrown on them. So just not quite on the same page it looks like and even then following that on this first down play i believe it's hook she goes ahead and tries to throw uh this football into very much contested coverage uh, a very well covered route here and it's a pretty ill-advised though on top of that it's not a good though it's a pretty bad throw and it's inaccurate and easily intercepted by olivia dominguez Millsop. and so just like that midland gets the ball back here already in the red zone uh following that interception which wasn't really even returned that far they pulled her flag pretty quickly here and so here's how this would go down. It would eventually come down to a fourth down situation. Remember, they're already in the red zone, so they can't get a first down here. Uh, it's in the second quarter as well. And Iwani, she drops back. I don't know if the clock just went off in her head too quickly here, but there wasn't a whole ton of pressure. She probably had another two or three seconds here, uh, probably two seconds, to throw the football, but instead she kind of checks it down uh, 
to her receiver here and it's like fourth and 10 fourth and 15 and so she checks it down here and that receiver's flag is easily pulled here and that's it and that's a turnover on down so not the greatest play by Iwana here definitely a little bit of a head scratching awareness play but on the bright side it didn't cost them anything yet as it is still zero to zero and it would stay that as the spires would go three and out here and trying to run the ball a lot with sable barnes it looks like she got a minimal run on first down and then on second down uh she was stopped for a loss actually before a uh, hooks was sacked by sydney red and so uh the spires just not quite getting anything going here not really trying to really run the ball though which is interesting now Midland, they go ahead, they get the ball just a little bit past midfield with nine minutes left in the second quarter. And that's when they go ahead and sub in Michaela Nunez, the overall athlete for them and one of the veterans for this team here has been on the team uh, for the entire existence of this program. And so in that quarterback, she goes ahead and gets a nice gain of about five yards on the quarterback design run. Following that, she throws the core out over the middle here uh, to Cassandra Chavez. Makes a nice catch. That goes for about 10 yards or so. Third down, Nunez finds Thompson on the out route. But overthrow, it's just slightly here. So that does bring up fourth down here. And on fourth down, Nunez, she feels the pressure from Emily Cruz. Tries to pitch it. It's not a good one. And so it hits the ground. That's a dead ball. And that's also a turnover on downs. Now, uh, the Spire is trying to get something going. Hooks goes ahead, throws the out route to Trinity Scott. It's good. Goes for about six yards. Uh, following that hook, she's under pressure. No worries. Checks it down to Emily Cruz. She gets them about five yards as they're trying to, they're starting to get something going here. And then it's third down here. Hooks under pressure once again throws it over the middle but uh honestly if it wasn't for emily cruz deflecting it probably would have been picked and so that brings up fourth down here where they run a direct snap to sable barnes uh before flipping it back to hooks but hooks kind of just drops this one it looks like and so that is a turnover on downs not a lot going on here early in this game and so five minutes 20 seconds here here's what happens more pressure by emily cruz forces another kind of bad pitch that goes for a loss of five as it is a dead ball on second down though nunez goes to emily farron on a nice deep curl on a good though that gets back some of those yards for a nice 10 yard gain third down here nunez checks down to thompson Gets her flag pulled immediately, so that brings up a fourth down situation here. And here's what happens. Nunez on the run. Throws it deep to Olivia Dominguez-Milsop, who makes a great catch. Kind of adjusting to this ball. It was pretty solid coverage, but an even better throw by Nunez. And a good catch by uh, Dominguez-Milsop here uh, to get a big-time 20-plus yard chunk play to put them on the four with a fresh set of downs in the red zone here. But no worries, under pressure, Michaela Nunez finds a way to get it done. Those a dot to Casey Thompson, who toe-taps this one in for the touchdown. Against pretty good coverage, making it a 6-0 lead for Midland with about 2 minutes 55 seconds. On the extra point, it's no good, but they still have the lead. Now, the 
pressure is building for the spires here and so here's what happens anaya hooks goes deep up the seam and trinity scott makes a huge catch in double coverage for a big time 30 plus yard gain plus a first down near midfield there following that hooks goes back to scott on the deep curl and gets another 15 or so yards for the first down just like that and like i said just like that the spires they're back in business about two minutes left after crossing midfield unfortunately though um after a couple incomplete passes and another uh direct snap run that doesn't go for a long amount of yards it's about fourth in inches here and they go ahead and call a design qb run to nine hooks uh, she goes up the middle reaching out, but she is ruled short. That's a backbreaker It feels like for the Spires And that's also a turnover on downs with about a minute and three seconds left here now Midland they still got some time to score here. They also get the football back So, you know, you got to be careful, but you still got a minute. And so here's what happens Nunez finds Thompson on the out route for about six um that brings up second down here, excuse me, sorry. And on second down, there's an incompletion over the middle thanks to a good pass deflection by St. Mary's Rebecca Ruck. At this point, there's about 31 seconds left here. Uh, they call a timeout to, to stop the clock. Not a whole lot of urgency as the clock is kind of rolling uh, or was rolling before that timeout. But anyways, it's third down here. And Nunez, she goes ahead and goes deep and finds a wide open Alyssa Butler down the left side. Finds her in stride, by the way, for a 40 plus yard touchdown for Midland taking the 12 to 0 lead couldn't get the conversion there but they'll take that lead into halftime here and after halftime Midland would actually get the football and here's what happens uh let's go ahead and fast forward to third down Nunez takes off and goes ahead and gets the first out getting a fresh set of downs here just before midfield Following that play, uh, Michaela Nunez off platform throws deep to a wide open Emily Farron who beats the one defender here. Uh, she catches the football and then it's her and the one defender in a foot race. She goes ahead and burns her and scores on a huge 50-ish yard touchdown. Uh, good vision here by Nunez finding the open receiver and getting the ball to her as well as Midland takes a dominating 18 to 0 lead once again not being able to get the uh extra point attempt here now the spires they're trying to get something going they're down 18 to 0 just like that and it's not looking great but there's nine minutes 42 seconds left in the third quarter they got plenty of time here's how they get started they go ahead and call it looks like uh two sable barnes runs well one of them was a design run the other one was a scramble regardless she didn't get a lot of yards maybe got four total yards on those two plays it's third down here third down uh it's an incomplete pass but they do throw a pi on midland though which would actually give the spires a first down here on this drive but a couple plays later, it's third down here once more. Anaya Hooks tries to throw it deep. This time it's almost intercepted though. It's not, it's dropped. And so that brings up fourth down where the Spires decide, unfortunately, to go ahead and punt it. Now, 
A third down here, a couple plays later. Nunez, that's the needle uh, to Olivia Dominguez Millsop over the seam, who makes a tough contested catch. It also makes a couple people miss before getting down inside the five. It looked like she might score on another big splash play for a second, though. But instead, they settle for a first down in the red zone. Now, a couple plays later, once again, it is third down here. And on third down, Michaela Nunez makes somebody miss and then runs it in for another Midland touchdown, making it 24-0. She would then actually make it 25-0 on the conversion here. She would run that in herself, taking a pretty dominant lead. Um, and at this point, the game is pretty much over here. This Spires offense just really struggled to get going. I will read off some uh, stats here for the Spires, though. Trinity Scott did lead the St. Mary offense with four catches, 52 yards. Anaya Hooks and Sable Barnes each had five tackles on the defensive side of the football. But it was all Midland, honestly, in this game, as they would eventually win 43-0 and shut them out here uh, in their home opener. I believe they will get a pick six, I want to say, and uh, Nunez would actually score a couple more touchdowns. Actually ended the day with five passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown, despite only playing three quarters here, getting subbed in uh, in the second quarter, I believe. So there you go. Obviously, player of the game, I think, has to go to Michaela Nunez. Her performance, I mean, sparked this offense that was really struggling to I feel like even get first downs in the first part of this game here for a lot of this game but once she got in I mean she obviously brings a rushing threat but she saw the field pretty well got a couple big splash plays shout out Alyssa Butler she had uh, a couple big uh passing receiving touchdown excuse me in this game uh and then Emily Farron had a couple uh big time plays in this game I mean this team was clicking and this is a team like I said that got athletes and can play on the level of a Kansas Wesley in here at least this year and I think this game really showed how dangerous they could be and honestly if you ask me Michaela Nunez probably bought herself another start here uh did have a good game here uh, a couple, I feel like it was a couple games ago, either against Reinhardt or Campbellsville. It was one of those. But following another great game here against the Spires, and honestly, player of the game, uh, playmaker of the week worthy type of performance, I think she definitely has earned potentially another opportunity as she did bring a lot to the table. And this offense was clicking against a Spires team that has historically been pretty good though has always you know challenged uh midland here but instead midland won big and actually handed the spires uh, their second worst loss in program history here um tied for their second worst loss because they lost 43 to 0 that was to kansas wesley in the first year uh, their worst loss was against ottawa their first year and so a couple years ago but I feel like that does tell you that, hey, you know, that was the first year of their program. This is basically the first year of this head coach and her regime in this program. And so give it some time, but definitely not even going to lie, some concerns here. Playing with seven players, not exactly sustainable. Midland has way more than that. They could rotate in a lot of players, give a lot of their players rest and keep them fresh here. That is a luxury that the Spires simply don't have 
right now. And on top of that, I mean, just the play calling. I feel like they called a lot of run plays here that honestly just didn't go anywhere. And maybe they were trying to, you know, run out a little bit of the clock, control the clock and keep it going. But I mean, it is, I'm pretty sure it's a running clock, even with incompletions. I could be wrong though, but even then, I mean, this was a pretty close game midway in the second quarter before, uh, you know, Midland made the switch at quarterback and just absolutely went ballistic and they couldn't keep up from there. And that's just something that, I mean, if you're the Spires, you got to try to keep up. That starts by getting the most out of your opportunities here. And they just couldn't quite get it done. Now it is the first game of the season as well so they are pretty disadvantaged at this point with the numbers with the lack of experience to start and so this was just not the greatest recipe for success here i said it last week midland in my opinion would be favored going into this game i didn't think it was going to end like this but i still felt like they would be favored because they have the experience and the numbers and you know they're pretty much feeling themselves at this point but We'll see what the Spires do from here, what adjustments they make moving forward though, as they do start 0-1, while Midland, on the other hand, is a pretty healthy 4-0 against NAIA uh, competition, 5-0 against all competition, as they do play Kansas Wesleyan on March 15th, Wednesday. That'll be a pretty big time game here. Uh, probably the second biggest game until they play Ottawa, in my opinion. And so we'll see what they do here. If they decide to stick with Iwani or give Michaela Nunez a chance here to start at quarterback. We'll see what happens. All right, now let's go ahead and move to the Saturday games. Talking about the games from March 11th. 2023 here we have one sun conference team playing that is st thomas they travel to georgia to go ahead and play reinhardt in their home opener reinhardt uh previously playing on the road kind of had a a tough go you know these uh last couple games here lost 26-0 to midland uh 32-6 to kansas wesley and did not get to play campbellsville as they planned i thought they probably should have but couldn't and so this is their third game of the season still trying to figure some things out i know they had a couple different players playing quarterback and so that's definitely something to keep in mind here but you got saint thomas on the other hand who you know lost kind of a close one uh well i feel like have lost some close ones here the last couple games i mean <clears throat> lost to kaiser 12 to 20 did make the adjustment playing holly near unfortunately they just came up short in that one but only losing 20 to 12 to the number three team in the country is obviously not bad at all before that they played weber where they got blown out but like i said still made that adjustment then against thomas you know they lost them only 18 to 26 though but with Holly Near at quarterback, she got to play last year as well. Things are a little bit different and definitely looked better in that Kaiser game. I said last week she deserved to start, at least get one more start. And that's what would happen as she would start for St. Thomas and they would start with the football here. And here's what happens on the first play. Holly Near finds Jada Graham on the post route, makes the low catch. It almost looks like it's incomplete, which is an excellent hands catch by Jada Graham who gets them a nice 20-yard gain in first down. But right after that, 
Neer tries to throw the out route, and Joel Jarrett of Reinhardt jumps this one and intercepts it. If it wasn't actually for Holly Neer, she probably would have taken it to the house. So there you go there. But for now, you know, Reinhardt will have to settle for the ball past the mid field and here's how that goes down here they do try a reverse to victoria salmon she does get a couple yards but a penalty is thrown on reinhardt it might have been uh blocking or illegal contact something like that and so that pushes them back here but they repeat first down here but it's deflected that forces second on second i believe it looked to be a toss play a pitch play but the toss is just dropped by the running back here and so that brings up third down them losing some yards here uh they do run the sweep to victoria salmon she gets a couple about 10 but it's still fourth down and then this is what happened uh they go ahead and snap the ball to their quarterback for this game i believe it is branham um i, I want to say it's Deshay branham she goes ahead and gets the snap and tries to run for the first down but is stopped short and so that's a turnover on downs and so st thomas gets the ball back still 0-0 with a chance to make up for that turnover and more here now after an incompletion it is second down and on second down here's what happens holly near finds jada graham deep down the left side it looks like to be blown coverage or she just ran past the entire uh defense here and goes ahead and walks in for a 40 yard touchdown and just like that st thomas takes a six to zero lead here extra point is intercepted but you can't return extra points and so it stays at six zero st thomas and then uh here's what happens next for reinhardt here they get the ball they go ahead and hand it off to talia williams after their first down play and on second down williams runs up the middle gets a nice reinhardt first down there following that great maneuvering by the quarterback brandon here she goes ahead and throws it over the middle great throw here after some great maneuvering to nina johnson who gets a nice catch and ball here for a first down on a gain of 20 yards that puts them past midfield but a couple plays later it is fourth down they got to convert here after a couple incompletions and check down passes this is what happens they go ahead and try to throw here but it's actually almost intercepted by miranda fair does but she drops it might have been better anyways you know you don't want to lose yardage there because she would have had her flag pulled pretty quickly and so that's a turnover on downs once more after a promising drive for reinhardt a back on offense knee here goes ahead and checks down um it's kind of a dangerous pass but still gets there to tiffany walker who also slips a couple defenders and gets a nice 15 yard gain past midfield for the first not the greatest flag pulling on that play but following that holly near handles a tough snap kind of bobbles it but eventually gets control before lofting a nice throw over the middle and by the way she is under pressure so she does have to kind of throw off her back foot but throws a perfect pass over the middle to kayla alvarez who gets a nice gain of about 20 that puts them in the red zone but after that near goes ahead and ends this drive by finding alvarez once more on the slant that gives them the 12 to 0 lead extra point once again is no good now uh you got reinhardt they're trying to get something going here they're already down 12-0 
but it's second down and it does not get better. Branham under pressure kind of tries to check it down, but it gets tipped by the rusher who then uh, basically uh, sets up to Shumba Washington who goes ahead and grabs this tipped football and runs it back to the house, making it an 18 to zero St. Thomas lead. A great play by Tashumba Washington, as we know, who's one of the best, if not the best, a DB in the game right now, and makes them pay for that mistake. Near also finally uh, makes the throw in the back of the end zone here to finally get them an extra point. That makes it a 19 to zero game as this game starts to get away, and things really only get worse as uh, Reinhardt would actually go three and out couple short gains and run plays uh, did not really help them out on this one but most definitely a penalty thrown on Riot Hart definitely did not uh, contributing to that three and out but let's go ahead we're in the second quarter here St. Thomas has the ball Holly Near throws a swing route to Dominic Parks gets a nice gain of 15 plus yards accelerating past midfield here Following that, Holly Near lofts up a very precise throw to Kaylee Miller. Kind of in between zones here, it looks, but just a perfect throw for a big-time 20-plus yard reception that puts them in the red zone. She almost walks in, but isn't quite able to get it done. Uh, following that, there's another play, and then it's now second down here on second down. Near finds Dominique Parks on the check down. This time, it's right over the middle, and she basically walks in. For the touchdown making it a 25 to 0 game now at this point the game is over here st thomas beating reinhardt a dominating 49 to 0 here uh player of the game i think for me is obvious it has to go to holly knee here uh five touchdowns did throw that one interception at the beginning but did throw five straight touchdowns it felt like after that on the first half, by the way, she was subbed out at halftime. They put in the backup, uh, Yulkowski. And so, uh, just great performance. She was on top of it, played well. The defense uh, for St. Thomas did their job, played really well, got a touchdown as well. So, you got to feel good if you're St. Thomas. They now improve to 2-3 and three here after dropping three really tough games. So, love to see that. Now, Reinhardt, still some things to figure out here, some miscues on offense uh, that really hurt them, especially, you know, following that interception, you really would like to score on that. Hey, it happens, it is what it is, uh, you gotta move on from it, but it doesn't get easier as they do play Thomas on Tuesday, the first game between two Georgia college flag football teams, women's flag football teams, and so that should be a big one moving forward. All right, now let's go ahead and talk about Bethel versus Cotty. This would be Cotty's first game against an NAI opponent coming off of a nice 27 to 27 or sorry 27 to 20 win over Fort Scott Community College last week here and so this would be their first uh, NAI opponent plus their first uh, conference opponent as well on the other hand you have Bethel they obviously played earlier this week against Kansas Wesleyan and it did not go their way so looking to bounce back and get better i mean Cotty, they were last in the conference last year and so this would have been as good a game as any to figure something out but 
this isn't the same Cloudy team as last year. And let's go ahead and start by recapping this game. In the first quarter, Cloudy, they get the ball first. And they get the drive started with a nice first down play. Amaya Corula finding fellow freshman Jolia Johnson on the drag route. That goes for about 15 yards. And like I said, the first down. Following that, Corula once again uh, gets another first down in a row. This time scrambling and taking it for herself. Getting them past midfield here and then once again uh, not in a row here but one play later Karula finds Angelina Cruz here on a very good out route throw here that goes for about 10 yards and also puts them in the red zone uh, and with a fresh set of downs and the momentum keeps rolling as right after that Amaya Karula finds Daniela Goodrich against pressure by the way on the drag route who goes ahead and squeezes past a couple defenders and tiptoes in for the touchdown and the first Cotty lead of the game giving them a 6-0 lead. Now the extra point is no good on this so it stays at 6-0. Now Bethel, they get a chance to reply here with about 6 minutes 50 seconds left in the first quarter. Kyla Rome finds Summer Von Fisher on the swing route, makes it second and run. Second and one. Following that, Rome takes off right up the middle, evading a couple defenders, and gets a nice 15 plus yard scramble for a first down past midfield. Already good things going for Bethel here, but it keeps going when Rome hits her check down, who gets almost a gain of 10, not the greatest flag pulling on this one. And following that, she would then hit uh, Von Fisher once more, this time on what looks like to be a little bit of a wheel route here, who goes ahead and makes a play player miss and that would get them into the end zone following that play but unfortunately a couple plays later there is a PI um, which is actually thrown on Cotty so that makes uh, half the distance of the goal line and a repeat on third down but there is a big sack by freshman carry on Cloyd here that forces a fourth down situation and it's not so close but you know, Bethel, obviously, they're going to go for it here, and they do. But once again, it's Cloyd with the pressure that forces the incompletion, really not giving her any time at all. And that's a turnover on downs. Now, right before we get into the second quarter, they do get a first down here. That's off of a Corula uh, scramble, and that would be where Cotty picks up here in the second quarter. First down right before midfield here. Now, unfortunately, it does come down to a fourth and eight situation, it looks like here, uh, following a nice sweet play to Joliet Johnson. And so here we go, fourth and eight, Maya Carula, she finds Danielle Goodridge. But she kind of just runs out of room here. The ball is thrown slightly late. She probably could have thrown in a little bit earlier so that she could make a play upfield. But unfortunately, runs out of room, runs out of bounds. And that is a turnover on downs. But things don't get much easier for Bethel here as a couple plays in. Shamis Lee gets a big time sack uh, in part. Uh, helped by carry on Cloyd here, kind of forcing the quarterback out and into the hands of Lee, who goes ahead and gets a huge sack that forces a fourth down situation, and that would actually force a three and out situation for Bethel. And so back on offense here, they get going once more. Amaya Carula finding Joliet Johnson, and a nice gain of 10 or 12 yards. That's a first down there. 
couple plays later here. Uh, Maya Karula finds Shami Sleep on a perfect mid, uh, just a middle out route here, about 10 or so yards deep. And she goes ahead and tiptoes down the sideline as well to gain an additional 10 for about a 20 yard gain and a first down past midfield here. Now, third and two, Maya Karula goes back to her freshman a target here, Joliet Johnson, who toe taps it in for the first down in the red zone. And then once more, a couple plays later, it is third down again. Karula on the run goes downfield here and finds a wide open Daniela Goodrich. A good throw by Karula here and just a good job recognizing um, the coverage and just seeing the field very well. Finding Daniela Goodrich, who makes the easy touchdown catch. That makes it a 12-0 lead. Make it a 13-0 lead after she finds Kenzie Murdoch on the drag route there. And that makes it a 13-0 lead. Now, right before half here, about 52 seconds left, Cloyd gets another sack here that really hurts the chances of Bethel going downfield and potentially scoring. And that would eventually force the end of the half here. Cotty with a solid 13-0 lead here. Um, not many offensive possessions, I feel like, so far. But, you know, gotta feel good about it. Going 2 of 3 here. Scoring if you are Cotty. If you're Bethel, you gotta get something going before this game gets away from you. And luckily for them, they start with the football. But, unfortunately, it does come to a fourth down here. An incomple uh, two incompletions, sorry. And then a fourth scramble that only gets them a couple yards. Good job getting that cleaned up by the Cotty defense. Does force a fourth down where Rome uh, tries to run it. And she is able to get a first down. But they do call legal contact on Bethel. And so that's a repeat of fourth down. Plus it's a little bit longer here. Still though, they decide to go for it. I mean, they got a swing here. Try to get something going. But it is carry on Cloyd with another sack that forces a turnover on downs. Um, so boom, there you go there. At this point... I mean, the game is kind of getting away from them. Uh, they do get into the end zone here. That is, Cotty gets in the end zone. And it does end with Amaya Karula finding Kenzie Murdoch with, for her, I believe, for her first career touchdown. I could be wrong, though. But I believe it's her first career touchdown. At least her first touchdown this season, I want to say. And that makes it a 19-0 lead. Extra point is no good. This one is pretty much over, especially after uh cloyd once again gets a big time sack on third down here or sorry on second down that makes it a long third down and of course it's an incompletion on that third down play forcing bethel to once more go three and out cloyd with four sacks up into this point here now really looking to put the nail in the coffin and put this away karula Goes ahead and scrambles. Gets about 15 yards, but unfortunately, they call legal contact on Cotty. That is pulled back, and so I believe it's still first down here. They're just farther back here, and this is what happens. Karula finds Goodrich here on kind of a short, though. Looks like a hitch or curl route here near the sideline, but Goodrich makes a move and makes a defender just miss completely before ripping off a 40-yard touchdown. 
giving Cotty the 25-0 lead and then eventually giving them the 26-0 lead as Carrillo goes back to Goodridge on the drag route, making it just that. At this point, this game is very much over. There is one more score here at the end here in the fourth quarter where Carrillo finds Shamie Silly on the out route. That goes for the touchdown, making it 32-0. She would then go back to Lee on the extra point, making it 33-0. And that would be the final score here. Cotty defeating Bethel 33-0 here. I think player of the game absolutely has to be carry on cloyd here hopefully i'm saying that right excuse me if i'm not but she had five sacks in this game just absolutely turning up for them and really changing this game i mean bethel they had a they had that promising drive at the beginning here but then cloyd really turns it up after that and killed a lot of drives herself you know a lot of the scrambles and plays that bethel were forced to make were because she would apply pressure and either sack them or force them out the pocket and even then i feel like there were some sacks that she kind of left on the field as well she probably could have had more to be honest with you um, but you know Kyla Rome is also a pretty solid athlete as well and so for her to do that that is big time for Cotty and Cotty I mean this was a game of first I'm gonna go ahead and just read it out here um, first things first I believe this is their first KCAC win in program history as Bethel is part of the KCAC now um, technically it's also their best start in program history 2-0 Right now, I don't believe they've ever started 2-0, so that's huge. First blowout dub, or they're blowing somebody out in program history. Also, first shutout. Um, most points scored in a game as well with 33. I'm pretty sure that is all time. I don't know if they've ever scored more than that, but I'm pretty sure that is all time. Uh, for sure, the most points they've scored this season so far. And so that's definitely big time. Um, but yeah, just a lot of first. And this Cotty team looked really really good they got some really good pieces in this recruiting class like we predicted you know in the season preview but uh they've turned out even better than expected i would say as well cloyd is one of the best rushers already i mean she is real fast quick twitch uh type of player and she's gonna be big time you obviously have all the playmakers that you brought in last year uh kenzie murdoch angie cruz daniela goodrich turned up she had like a million touchdowns this game it felt and was just unstoppable um but then you know you bring in this freshman class with players like shamies lee jolia johnson who's really emerged as a receiving threat here um Sorry, I just totally blinked out. Amaya Karula as well. The quarterback played really well. You know, you got to feel good about this Cotty team. And I'm sure Cotty feels that way right now. But next week, you know, they're, they make a couple more firsts. They do play the first ever Sun Conference opponents during the regular season. Yes, that's correct. They've, I don't believe they've ever played Sun Conference opponents during the regular season. And they play three of the best here. Um, all these teams are in our top six currently right now in our power rankings. They will play Thomas, Weber, and Warner. Warner being at four, Thomas being at two. And then Weber, I believe, was formerly at four um but now they're at five or six i believe i think they're at five so that's gonna be tough they play them all in one day it looks like so hopefully we'll be tuning in there we should be tuning in there um they also play reinhardt and campbell's build 
Campbellsville the next day before playing Midland next Saturday as well. So they're playing, Jesus, they're playing six games next week. So it should be a big week. We'll really see where this team is. I know they've they've been a young team um but you know they've had two games to really get going here against fort scott and against bethel two first year programs you know maybe they could do something but we will just have to see what happens now if you're bethel i mean it's just a tough go here they need to find a way to combat the blitz they got to find a way to you know do well against pressure here because it's been a struggle allowed pass rushers in both Kansas Wesleyan and Cotty now to basically beat them and I don't think their defense is all that bad I mean they could get better at flag pulling but that will Joe as they come along this offense though does have a bit of potential you know you do have some players here and there that hopefully you could get involved here but you know it's only the second game it's really the first week of the season I wouldn't overreact just yet but once more just to throw this out there and kind of wrap this up. Cotty off to a historical start, winning 33-0 over Bethel. Alright, now let's move on and go ahead and talk about Playmakers of the Week. Playmaker of the Week, but we're going to talk about all the players of the game here. A lot of great performances, a lot of blowouts here. I do realize that. So there's a lot of winning going around. Uh, one-sided for some of these programs and a lot of players that contribute to that but pick mostly one or two players for each game starting with the University of St. Mary versus Midland game Midland winning huge 43-0 I think this one's obvious player of the game has to go to Michaela Nunez five passing touchdowns one rushing touchdown in three quarters of play here basically three and a half quarters uh, or sorry I guess it would be two and a half quarters of play basically Big time, huge, especially considering this was 0-0 going into the second quarter and it was looking like it might be a gridlock type of game. Big time for Midland here. Michaela Nunez, a very strong candidate there. Now for Bethel versus Kansas Wesleyan, got two players for this one. Uh, Anzion Robano, a lot of sacks in this game. Like I said, just killed them. I mean, three sacks, I believe was big time for the defense. I mean, I felt like the defense uh, kind of rotated around her this game at times. And uh, she really starred and uh, showed out and did her thing. So, there you go. And then, obviously, Brianna Hernandez-Silva for Kansas Wesleyan here. Um, staying hot after her Playmaker of the Week performance from last week. 15 of 18, 143 passing yards, 4 passing touchdowns. Um, also added 88 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown here. She had more passing touchdowns than incompletions. Absolutely insane, but definitely to be expected out of a Playmaker like her. Now, St. Thomas versus Reinhardt. Another pretty obvious player of the game here. Has to go to their quarterback, Holly Near. Five touchdowns, one interception at the beginning, though. But then through five touchdowns, all in the first half, big time. That's what St. Thomas needs for sure there. So it goes to their quarterback here, who absolutely played well. Looked really sharp in that game. And then in this Bethel versus Cotty game, gotta go with Carrion Cloyd here. Five sacks in this game, uh, helping out Cotty to a historical start to this season and in program history as well. Can they keep it going? We will definitely have to see here, but a lot of good so far. But 
for Playmaker of the Week. There could only be one here. And it was a little hard to pick. I'm not even going to lie. Just because there were so many blowouts. So there were so many insane statistics and stat lines out there. I think Playmaker of the Week has to go to Midland's Michaela Nunez. I mean, she really injected a lot of energy into this team in this game. And they won big time over the University of St. Mary. And that's a big deal i mean they're not a first year program obviously they got players returning and whatnot but i still played them close going into that second quarter this offense really struggled until nunez hopped in there and got it done at least for this game and so has to go to michaela nunez and i believe this is also midland's first ever playmaker of the week casey thompson had a really good argument for it last week but i think this is definitely a great argument as well so there you go your week four playmaker of the week is michaela nunez out of midland all right now let's go ahead and talk about power rankings here not too many changes like i said only four games this past weekend so most of the changes are on the back end of these power rankings but uh let me go ahead and review what they were last week at number 15, we had Bethel, 14, Reinhardt, 13, Milligan, 12, Campbellsville, 11, Cotty, 10, Florida Memorial, 9, St. Mary, uh, 8, Midland, 7, Kansas Wesleyan, 6, St. Thomas, 5, Weber, 4 is Warner that moved up in there, 3, Kaiser, 2, Thomas, and number 1 per usual is Ottawa. Now, here in week 4, um, not... I don't think there were any changes here in the top eight, but outside of that, like I said, there were a couple of changes. Let's start with number 15 here. We got Bethel. Uh, look, tough first week. You know, this week, I mean, they played Kansas Wesleyan and Cotty. Honestly, felt like that Cotty game was potentially maybe a more winnable game, but Cotty is definitely better this year. Plus, um, I mean, it is just their second game. And so it was just a tough go if you're Bethel. By the way, I believe also both of these were away games as well. So they had to travel um, to different sides of Kansas, I'm pretty sure, to go ahead and, well, Kansas, basically, to go ahead and play these two teams. So that's tough, you know, to do that. But they're going to figure it out here. I mean, watching them play, they got some pieces. Summer Von Fisher's a nice receiver there. Um, you got Kyla Rome. She's definitely a rushing threat. I think there are also times where, given time, she was able to throw the football pretty well here. What they got to do moving forward is, you know, just get the ball out faster, you know, and um, combat those pass rushes. There's many ways to do it. Two quarterback systems is one. Obviously, you're a new program, so maybe you don't have two quarterbacks who you feel like who could do it, but it's definitely helpful. Uh, shorter plays, obviously, you know, will help as well. Double passes, uh, you know, get tricky. We'll have to see. I mean, there's definitely talent on the squad, but two really tough losses for, I think, combined. They gave them 91, something like that, 93 points. It's tough, you know, but God keep getting better. It's a learning experience, but for now, they're at 15. At 14, we have Milligan here. They're also moving down. Um, they just haven't played, and they probably should have by this point, to be honest with you. I mean, they had those games scheduled very early on. As of right now, just looking at their football schedule, they only have one 
game scheduled, and that's the 25th against Reinhardt. At least, like I said, I'm, that's just what I'm seeing right now on their website here. And that's concerning. I mean, I'm going to be honest, pretty soon here, they're going to have to move to 15th because at least Bethel was playing games. So we'll see what's going on. I don't know quite what's happening with that program right now, but it is what it is. At 13, we got Reinhardt. Uh, look, couple tough goes here. I mean, that St. Thomas game, they were done basically by halftime, but they had chances. You know, they moved the ball relatively well at times. Um, Joel Jarrett got a pretty big time interception. That was a great opportunity. They are a lot closer to putting it together than uh, the teams below them, for sure, I would say. Uh, maybe even contending with Campbellsville with that, but definitely some things to work on moving forward here. And it doesn't exactly get a ton easier, but honestly, maybe that is for the best here. I mean, to start that flag football frenzy, excuse me, which by the way is in Campbellsville. Um, they play Thomas, the best defense in the country, Warner, who's surging here at number four, and then they go ahead and they play Campbellsville. That should be a really good game. Uh, they probably should have played them in Tennessee. They didn't. That might be a winnable game. So really looking forward to potentially watching that game. Hopefully it's a live stream there. And then the next day, I mean, they go ahead. They play Weber. That's another tough Sun Conference team. And then they play Cotty. That might be a game that could be a little bit more manageable here. And potentially a chance to go ahead and hop up in the rankings as well oh and then sorry to finish the day i guess they play warner again so they have them scheduled playing twice which is interesting but you know it is what it is uh, it's gonna be a trial by fire for reinhardt i mean they definitely do have one of the toughest schedules playing the best out of both conferences here i mean they're gonna be playing kansas wesleyan ottawa kaiser thomas i mean no other team in the country is gonna have as tough a schedule as them and so with that being said there's definitely room for them to move up here now at 12 we have campbellsville that doesn't really change at all that's the same as last week didn't play this week, but they're hosting a pretty big uh, meeting of teams this upcoming week. Plenty of opportunities to see them play against both Sun Conference and I believe also KCAC teams as well. Things get interesting. We'll see. Now at 11, we have the University of St. Mary. They drop outside the top 10 for the first time since we've ever done power rankings because uh, last year they were in the top 10 all year but I dropped to 11 here look it's the first game obviously don't want to overreact and that's just me saying that because it was the first game but honestly just watching I they gotta figure something out on offense you know, defensively, I mean, they did their thing. They had some solid plays. Obviously, there might have been some plays they would have wanted to convert into turnovers rather than just deflections, you know, but that didn't quite go the way. Still, though, did as good a job as they could, and it was what it was. But offensively, I mean, they got to figure something out. You can't run the ball, you know, two or three times a set of downs, I would say. You just can't. 
You know, especially if you're getting like three or four yards. I mean, like every first down is almost 20 yards. Basically, every sector is almost 20 yards. So you got to get bigger chunk plays than that. On top of that, you know, only seven players dressed. No players were dressed on the sideline. Another big concern as well. You could tell maybe some of the fatigue took over. And it's not because they're out of shape or anything like that. But they're playing hard. You know, you can't take that away from them for sure but they're playing hard out there and they're playing really long minutes it only really takes one injury for them to play shorthanded at this point and so we'll see what happens moving forward but definitely concerned about them like i said don't want to overreact but i think that is the reaction i have right now until proven otherwise because geez man it's just uh i don't know Honestly, it doesn't even get that much easier as they play Kansas Wesleyan next Saturday, who, in my opinion, is probably a little bit of a better team than Midland. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see. I think it's warranted them dropping out of the top 10 for now. I don't think they're better than Florida Memorial because at least they have numbers. And, I mean, they move the ball better than St. Mary does. So, there you go. We'll see what happens moving forward. Now, at 10 still is Florida Memorial um, here. It's not changing, but also, look, you gotta, you gotta win some games. You know, I know there's been a lot of close calls and stuff like that. Obviously, respect it. But, I mean, right now, they're 1-4, and four, and that one win was against the University of Fort Lauderdale. They don't play for another two weeks still. They play on the 25th because um, they don't play any out-of-state uh, opponents. And they just, I mean, they got to start winning, you know. Some of these games are definitely winnable. I'm looking at that Warner game, who's now number four in the rankings. That was winnable. Weber was definitely winnable. I'd even say the Kaiser game was relatively winnable at some point. Um, the only one that was, like, just very overmatched was that Thomas game, which you can't even get too mad at, to be honest. But you got to start winning games. At some point, some of these teams that have two or three wins, but maybe it's against weaker opponents, that equals a win, I would say, in the Sun Conference. Um, but, I mean, two or three wins is still more than one, right? So we'll just, we'll just have to see, you know, for now. But right now, they're still at 10. I, I'm not I'm probably not going to move them back behind 10, but probably won't move them forward. I think that's fair to say. Now, at 9, we got Cotty. I believe this is the first time they have ever been in the top 10 in our power rankings here. Uh, look, this is a team that had a tough year. Well, I guess had two tough years the last two years, but have gotten better each year. And this is a team that is better than last year's team for sure here. Obviously, you know, you got a really good freshman class here. Uh, you got a number of good receivers that have emerged. Uh, Jolia Johnson's a beast out there. Um, you have a quarterback in Amaya Karula who made some really good plays. Is seeing the field really well. She's doing her thing. I'm really high on her potential moving forward. And then you got the players from last year as well. The Kenzie Murdochs, Angie Cruz's, uh, Daniela Goodridge's of the world that are finally... I guess turning up 
now that there's not as much pressure on them and they have a little bit more help here and have some other players that could set them up even more for success and so they're helping each other out this is a growing team they're gonna get better now they're gonna face a really tough weekend playing sun conference opponents do i have them favored against anybody no probably not um, in the Sun Conference, that is, but I'm looking at games where they're going to be probably playing teams like Reinhardt, like um, Campbellsville. You know, those are winnable games. I would expect them to beat both. And if they don't and one of those teams beats them, I would take that as consideration to at least move both of those teams up and move Cotty back just a little bit here maybe not in front of them depending on how it goes if they lose to both then i'll i could move someone in front of them but for now we'll just have to see still though really happy for them really happy for the development they've had and they're gonna just keep getting better you know recruiting class by recruiting class so extremely happy for them and then uh, yeah, I think actually that was the only changes here. Uh, once again, the University of St. Mary moves back a little bit. Cotty moves up in their place. I have Reinhardt actually moving up one spot over Milligan. Um, definitely some bright spots to take away from that St. Thomas game. They didn't just completely whoop them, so that's good. St. Thomas is a solid team. Um, but yeah, there you go. Now... I guess I should probably talk about the teams ahead of them real quick here. Midland at 8, Kansas Wesleyan at 7. Hey, both took care of business there. Uh, Midland had a little bit of a scare, I would say, against the University of St. Mary, but they figured it out. And, you know, Michaela Nunez came in. She did her thing. It's going to be interesting to see what happens now because this is now the second game that Nunez has come in to finish the job for Angel Yuani here. And even in this matchup, I mean, this offense exploded once she got in. And so she probably warrants at least one more start. And if she wins that one, then it's probably her job to lose after that. We'll see moving forward, but she definitely brings a lot to this offense. Obviously, the ability to run, but also as an experienced player, she just sees the field better than Yuani right now. And maybe that's just something that Yuani needs to, you know, kind of just sit back and develop a little bit and just see what she's seeing from, you know, an off the field on the bench standpoint. And that's okay. You know, I mean, she's only a sophomore. You can't rush these things. I think you got to go with the best player that allows you to win. And, you know, that potentially gives you the opportunity to move up here in the rankings as well. Because for a really long time, Midland has been, has been behind the likes of Kansas Wesleyan for a while now. And, you know, things do get exciting as they do play Kansas Wesleyan on the 15th. But for Midland, hey, you know, right now, KWU's right ahead of you, one spot ahead of you. You win, you move up. Period. That's all it is. If you're a Kansas Wesleyan, uh, you win, you probably stay there uh, for now. Because you're fighting a lot of teams for the spot, to be honest with you, this number seven spot. Um, but if you lose, you probably don't move down too much. Maybe move down a spot, just switch with Midland. That should be a really fun matchup. That's on Wednesday in Nebraska, too. So should be a pretty hype 
uh, game here. Hopefully they have a good uh, home crowd that comes out for them because this Midland team is rolling and they're very entertaining. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if they stick with Nunez or Yuani or what happens moving forward. But this is definitely a key game, not only in the power rankings, but also in their conference as well. This could affect uh, seeding and stuff down the line here, especially in that conference tournament. So there you go. Now at six, we have St. Thomas. Uh, hey, you know, I said last week, Holly Near probably bought herself more time, probably bought her another game by playing well enough against Kaiser. I felt like she played well enough to potentially win it. I think this is probably her job to lose now after they just absolutely whooped on Reinhardt. I mean, five touchdowns and a half. She looked really good, looked really sharp under pressure. She was calm, made the throws she needed, made some really great throws, honestly, really accurate throws. I think it's her job to lose for now, unless something changes. Um, the next game isn't for a couple weeks here, two or so weeks. Um... I don't know if their spring break's different or whatever. It just worked out that way. But they got two more weeks. And so they play for Lauderdale. And then they play FMU on Saturday on the 25th. So not this week, but the following week should be really interesting. We'll see what goes down. Um, they're not going to be playing Reinhardt and Campbellsville uh, in this I guess, little tournament thing they got going on, or set of games they got going on. But they'll play them kind of closer to the end of the season, which will be really interesting for them. But St. Tom is definitely a team that is kind of realizing their potential. Could be pushing for a top four, top five spot really soon here, since that quarterback spot is a little bit stabilized. At five, we got a Weber. They don't really play a ton of tough opponents. I'm not even going to lie. This next week, they play Campbellsville, Cotty, Reinhardt, and the University of Fort Lauderdale. They lost a tough one against Warner here, which wasn't as close as the score looks here. These three, I guess four games, are going to be really important. They really shouldn't lose them. And this should be a good way to kind of get back on track here, earn more confidence, and really feel good about what you got. Because you play Thomas right after this week. So, uh, for the first time. So, that could potentially be a big time game if they could knock off Thomas. But they got to take care of business first. They got to continue to stay confident. Now, at four, we got Warner here. Uh, still at four. I mean, great showing against Weber. I think the big question is, can they stay consistent? They don't exactly have the toughest schedule this week either. I mean, these are all games they should very much win and win by a lot against Campbellsville twice, Milligan, uh, or, whoa, wait, it says they play against Milligan, but I'm not sure because Milligan does not have them scheduled, so that's interesting. Um, but then they play Reinhardt and then Fort Lauderdale um, on that Saturday at the end of the week here. They really shouldn't lose. They should probably flex, continue to get better. Uh, hopefully get more of their younger players in. Kind of get them going so that, they're, so that they are rolling. Because they go ahead and play Kaiser the next week. So things are not easy for them here. Um, and that would be a big game if they could potentially beat Kaiser. But you know what? We'll just have to see moving forward. Now, we got Kaiser. They're not playing until they play Warner here. They're not going to be part of that thing in Kentucky. But, you know, we'll see if they could score over 20 points uh, this season. Because right now, 
the most they've scored is 20 points and they've won all three of those games where they have but uh you know we'll see you could always continue to get better and whatnot and then we got thomas here at number two great showing great game against florida memorial going into this week got a pretty solid amount of uh games here i mean they're very much favored in all of them they should probably win big here if they lose for any reason i don't know what to tell you but they shouldn't i mean they play campbellsville reinhardt Cotty college fort lauderdale and florida gateway who by the way um i believe they actually beat kansas wesleyan so Oh, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to dock them if they lose to Florida Gateway College, which is a first-year, two-year program. Uh, probably not too much, as much as I would if they lost to a team that is below them uh, in these NAI rankings. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. But definitely favored here moving forward. Um, will be interesting to see how they continue to bring along Alexa Wilson. Had a great game against FMU. We'll see if she could keep it up and have some more big games this week. She probably should. And then finally, we got Ottawa. Uh, they don't play any NAI opponents this week. They play FAU on Friday. And then they play, uh, interesting enough, UCF on Sunday. Both with really good club programs, I believe won't dock them if they lose to both because they're really good programs and they've been around longer i feel like than some of these other naia programs and all of these i'm pretty sure so there you go next opponent uh is midland that is a couple weeks from now and we'll probably talk about it then but once more your week four naia power rankings goes number 15 bethel 14 milligan 13 reinhardt 12 campbellsville 11 university of st mary 10 Florida Memorial, 9 Cotty College, 8 Midland, 7 Kansas Wesleyan, 6 St. Thomas, 5 Weber, 4 Warner, 3 Kaiser, 2 Thomas, and number 1 for now, right now, is Ottawa. Alright, but there you go. That is the end of this episode. Thank you so much for rocking with us. Uh, definitely a shorter episode, only 4 games, but next week, jam-packed. Should be a lot of games here. Uh, will be really interesting to see how that goes down. Should be watching that live stream. Um, hopefully Campbellsville puts one up. They did last time. It'll probably be on YouTube. So actually, go check that out if you have the time. Check out that live stream going on. There will be a ton of teams playing this next week. Should be a lot of fun. A lot of opportunities potentially for upsets. A lot of cross-conference uh, games going on so should be a lot of fun regardless just to cover those get a good feel for these first year programs and you know uh see where some of these other uh veteran programs are at as well but if you want to stay up to date with our content here go ahead and show us some love on all of our social medias that's at playmakers corner on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok on tiktok we'll be posting some highlights and stuff there uh, from previous episodes that we've put out i know our season previews i believe are almost all out at this point so that should be fun um and yeah 
you know and then it, we're also posting updates from games hopefully usually in real time sometimes i gotta stagger some games and uh, watch them one at a time but do our best to post an update as soon as possible so check us out there oh and make sure you follow our friends at neif ball we do a standings of power rankings with them as well we vote with them and that is always really fun plus they also give out updates on the women's flag football but anyways thank you so much for rocking with us and we will see you next monday